All right, John, here you are today with, um, with me at um, This Topical Life, where we are going to just sit and chill and have a conversation. Awesome. And um, so you call yourselves the Perry Seven because you have seven people in your family, right? That's right, yeah. Okay, so tell me, tell me the ages and names. All right. Um, do I have to give you my age? No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> we'll start with we'll start with the uh, forever young, forever, <laughs> forever young. young. So Shelly and I, of mm-hmm. course, and then our firstborn is twenty, and that's Mia. Okay. And then Ian is seventeen, Analam is sixteen, and then we have two the littles that are littles. Joshua and Bantu, and they're both twelve. They're both twelve. Okay. And um and Shelly's with us too. She's listening in on this, so this is really cool that you guys both get to be together today. But um, basically, John and I know each other because we met at Element Fitness where um, I had been going for a couple year or for a year and then switched over to an earlier class and then, then met John. And even before that, Joey and um, Josh, they're one of their youngest, one of the littles, mm-hmm. um, were in basketball. So they were in yeah. basketball before we actually really knew each other. Yeah. Um, and so when I started working out at Element Fitness um, at the earlier class, then I kind of put two and two together that you were his dad. And so um, through that, you know, my my workout and why I work out and all that kind of stuff has fl- fluctuated from all different reasons, why and this and that. But mm. I really – I think, you know, I know you and Hayden and the other coaches have kind of a similar mentality, but I think it's because I saw you more or just like, I kind of just hear your, hear what you say more, I guess, just mm. seeing you more often, um, this year. But since September, um, I, I kind of feel like there was a shift in the way that I work out in the sense of just like, um, why I work out, not so much like results in, uh, ways of just like, you do this, you get this, you do this, you get that, but more of a, um, mind over body. Totally. And Mm -hmm. if you don't remember, but it really started at a moment where, um, we, you and I got assigned doing the card workout. And if you don't, if you guys don't know what a card workout is, basically just like you do, you know, you look at a card and it's like a six of spades and then you do a certain workout six times and then you flip another card, you know, through your, through the whole deck. And, um, we had to do a plank. And so I was doing a plank with you which is, yeah. And, um, <laughs> you don't want to do one people. It's hard. Um, you, I go, I just like, I was just like, you were just like, just there forever doing the plank, you know, which, uh-huh. you know, and, um, holding yourself up. And I was just like going up, going down, going up, going down. Going, I, I just looked at you and I was like, John, I was like, how, how do you just stay like that forever? Like, what is it that you tell yourself? to push through something like that. Mm-hmm. And you said, um, I just tell myself that my body doesn't have a choice. Yeah. And it just stuck, struck a chord in me because it, at that moment, or at least what it was that moment, or just then, you know, through the process of continuing the workouts is that, um, I wanted to get more through, uh, just pushing my body to a place where, um, I didn't think it could go. Mm-hmm. And so then that translates, obviously what you're passionate about totally. is in life. Yeah. Just like pushing yourself, um, and making that discipline to carry that over into your personal life and mm-hmm. stuff. And so you're just a living example of that. And I see that, um, through your family or just snippets of things. Um, 
you know, and that kind of thing. And so I know your job is you are the, uh, marketing. I asked you this before. (laughs) I'm retail vice president, retail vice president Uh of Stumptown. Yeah. And I have to just ask, do you like coffee? Like a lot? A lot? Uh, Yeah. Like how many (laughs) cups a day do you have? Uh, gosh, I probably have three cups a day. Three cups a day. Sometimes I'm not paying attention. I totally lose track, but yeah, no coffee has been a big part of like my life since I started working. So, okay. Yeah. So yeah. Tattoos of coffee. You have tattoos of coffee? I have tattoos of coffee. Yeah. So the one on my right arm, the sleeve on my right arm yeah. is coffee plant. Really? And the one that we both just got, Shelly and I just got another one that's become like our family crest and it's a coffee tree. Oh, well. wow. Okay. So I have to hear more about that. So that's, <laughs> yeah. that's how I know you. That's, yeah. that is, um, just thank you for, you know, being that person for yeah. me, you know, and it's an honor. Yeah. Yeah, and then helping me with my power cleans. <laughs> That's right. So, Which are getting really good. By oh way. yeah, well, you know what? Yeah. So I just appreciate your. Oh, and you know what? I was, you know, um, you know, like when you meet a guy, the opposite sex, you know, um, it's like you get a little bit like you could be a little bit nervous or those kind of things. And so I always tell myself, like at some point, when I have a guy friend, it's mm-hmm. like, is he really a guy friend if I can fart in front of him? Oh. And I thought, you know what? <laughs> I could. John, I could fart in front of you at a workout and be totally cool with you. So if that doesn't say how complimented I don't that know. I mean amazing. that is amazing. <laughs> it it has never happened before. But if it did I won't be shocked. Okay, okay, happens. okay. So just forewarning there. So anyway, okay, so let's talk about um John and um like yeah. where should we where should yeah. we, where do you want to take I mean, in? Do you want to start with the workout stuff because I think that I mean that's something we share in common but um, sure is that what you feel and burning in you I don't know I lately yes okay I mean, okay yeah it's become kind of it's been com- become something that's central to like the mission or the purpose that I feel like I've been given you know that I'm on and you know I th- think uh it, it ties in really well too with just my life path and so I think that oh yeah kind of interesting let's to, do it to look at it from that direction because um you know like just to tell you, like starting off, my I'm a super competitive person, okay. um, and I think at times it's good, and I think at times in my life it's been um, not a healthy thing. You know that I, I I kind of I can actually start to obsess over competition, and you know I don't know. Like my dad didn't really instill that in me. My dad was really chill, but he was my coach, and I was a performer. Like I really really wanted to do well, and I played baseball. Um, really wanted to do well and tried really hard. I practiced all the time, every day after school in the backyard um, with my brother, who's just a year younger than me. And we would practice, practice, practice to try to um, get uh, just get good, you know, and, and make the all-star team every year. And my thought was that I'd play as long as I could. But the problem was I didn't grow. <laughs> like, I, oh, wow. I was a really late bloomer, and I, I'm a young for my, you know, young for my grade. So... I, by the time I started, hit, you know, got to high school, I just wasn't big enough to compete with some of the bigger kids, and so I, you know, put that aside, and um, pursued some other things, which I don't know if you want to talk about, but musically. And then, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, totally, that's awesome. And then got back to my senior year, I finally grew. <laughs> I finally got okay. to be adult size, okay. and and got into working out, and really got competitive in, in that environment, and it was. Um, like a marine training thing where t- today would probably be considered kind of a CrossFit style workout. Uh, got out of that, just played music and kind of, you know, 
I, I would say let myself get pretty complacent um, in the way that I cared for my, my body, you know? And uh, once we, you know, Shelly and I got married and got into life as a married couple, I remember, gosh, I was, what, 33 is our 10 year anniversary. And Shelly said something along the lines of, um, oh, we were looking at some pictures from our 10 year anniversary okay. cruise. Okay. And Shelly looked at the picture and she's like, wow, you a little belly there or something, something that, that extent. <laughs> Whoops. And I was like, oh no. And, uh, the shock. It was, yeah, it was the shock. Um, but you know, it's funny because when you think, when I think of my life path, that part of my life, um, thir- the 30 through 32 was a really hard time. Like a re like a really dark pl- uh, time for, for me personally, but also for, for the family. Um, because of just some uh, issues I was having with anxiety, and um, you know, when you when I look back, I also realized like I wasn't doing anything physically at that point in my life. I was just working, mm-hmm. um, working really hard. In and at that point, you've been married kids. for you've been married ten for ten years. So uh, at that point, you're ten mm-hmm. years, and how and two mm-hmm. two two kids, two kids. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and you two were how old? Kids. 30, I was 30, 33. 30? I mean, okay. really, it was between. Like, I mean, going back to probably when I was thirty. Those are um, hard. Those, I can relate to that. It's tough. Yeah. So tough. I always, everybody said it was 40. That was hard. 40 has been awesome. Cool. 30 was misery. <laughs> it was really mm-hmm. hard. Um, but I was only, I was only, um, working and working really hard with the family and really in, in hindsight, like really gripping on like life, you know, like I, it all felt like I, I mean, it really felt like I had to control everything, um, to not lose everything. And, you know, that's a, probably something we could dive into if you wanted. But yeah. um, physically, at that point, I decided I have to get back into something. And so I started riding a bike a little bit. And then Shelly and I started running. And I started to do, um, like, really trained to run. And then I started getting really into it and getting more competitive. And I ran. I've run a few marathons. And uh, that was it's really great to just kind of spark up that. Um, part of my life again and I think I was recognizing at that point that when I was working out mental I got more mental clarity but I also just had like something I could just go do that wasn't wasn't mental like I could just un- unplug my brain yeah and go work out um get running and uh you know did that for several years and then I met Hayden Olson and he invited oh. they invited me to come work out with him and you know it's tough when you go in there and you're a runner and you're looking at Hayden Olson, you're like, you're like so muscular and like can do so many things and started doing, you know, plugging into that. Um, and for a couple of years, you know, got to just kind of pace with those guys. So I bring that all of that up because the physical part, it really is, it really is that it's like, it's this mental, um, I guess this mental breakthrough for myself where I I have to overcome really hard things. And when, so when we, when I now, you know, fast forward, I'm coaching, I create these workouts that are going to physically tax you to the point where you're kind of broken down. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you don't have any more energy. And I think at that point, when you're, when you fight through it and you break down, you're open in a way to, maybe what God's telling you, maybe what a friend's telling you, you know, somebody who's, who's kind of, you've allowed into your life to speak into you, that you're a little more broken down, that you're able to actually hear some of those things. And 
So yeah, it's been a pursuit of mine to just help people get to the point where they're, you know, physically strong and that which also emotion you become emotionally strong, mm-hmm. you know, through that that fight. And it's really fun because I mean, I'm we're surrounded with people who are having those breakthroughs right now who mm-hmm. feel really good physically and then it equips them to do all of the other things that we have to do in our lives. And I think in hindsight had I been pursuing some of the stuff we pursue now, that I probably wouldn't have had such a hard time in the middle, you know, the 30s, the early 30s, yeah. fighting through some of those, uh, you know, emotional or anxiety-ridden years. Well, and too, it's that you, those, this is what I love just about God, is that, you know, had you not had those lulls, you know, now you see mm-hmm. how powerful this part is, too, totally. because of that. Mm-hmm. So that's a promise that I definitely lean on. Yeah. Um, I, it's funny that you mention um, the emotional side of it because of just, like, breaking through some emotions. I, um, I too, struggle. I don't know if you do now, but mm-hmm. I do have, you know, I, anxiety, depression, the whole thing. And that mm-hmm. is the reason that does keep me – that first started me working out a long, long time ago. Um, but – I hadn't done like that kind of CrossFit workout till last year. And when Mm -hmm. I started, I, um, it had been a while since I'd done CrossFit, but like I started crying after every workout, my body, I would start crying. And I was like, where is this coming from? Mm -hmm. Like, what is that? Like, it was just so weird, you know? And there was nothing tied to like, maybe sometimes it was just like having a hard day or whatever, but like I would just start crying. Yep. So it's a physical response. Your body it is. I know. So weird. I know. It really is. Now you guys are like scared to work out because it's like I'm going to be bawling. But no, it's not like that. It really mm-hmm. does release something. It, it does. So. Yeah. yeah. I know. It's, it's just it's become a foundational part of what I do with my life. It's really right. fun. And I do think that that helps with the consistency part because it's mm-hmm. so tied to what you need to be to carry on. I mean, I just yeah. noticed like with me, it's like okay kids, long day, blah, 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 time with the husband, you know, all I want to do really is just retreat, mm-hmm. you know, and it's had me be more like engaged more or mm-hmm. just be like, okay, um, push through just this, yeah. you know, do that one load of laundry and then go sit down with Brian or, you know, right, that kind right. of stuff. It's just helped a little bit, you know, yeah. do that extra, well, the extra We mile. always called it, uh, Hayden and I would joke that it's one more burpee. You know, it's like when you get into bed at night, and you realize you didn't, you know, move the load over in the laundry, and you're like, oh, can you make sure you do that? Right. And it's like, oh, gosh, one more burpee. <laughs> and I just had to you know, do one more and fight through it. And then I was talking to Hayden the other day about this because I don't have that those thoughts anymore over really? time. No, now it's 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 weird. It's almost like Ooh, a... Ooh, I have something to look forward to. Uh, yeah, I get to, I get to do this now. Like, I know I want to go to bed. My body's telling me to go to bed, but I'm going to get up and go do this thing because it's hard. Like, I don't want to. <laughs> and right. so you, you make yourself do it. And it's it's natural now. It wasn't back, you know, it wasn't before. But it's like you kind of want to find ways to challenge yourself. And I think it's the, it's, it's why. It's the purpose. Like, why, like, when I was exercising as a younger person, it was to get a six-pack. Right. right. Oh, it me too, like, yeah. yeah was... Well, which never really happened. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I tried. Yeah, but as a senior <laughs> in high school, I was like, I'm going to do this because I want muscles. I want, right, I want yeah. girls to notice me. And then, mm. you know, today it's it's only one part of a, 
of life training to be able to pursue the what I know I'm supposed to do with my life. It's only one part. It's like it's an important part. It's a foundational part, but it isn't work out for the sake of working out. It's work out to prepare for something else. Right. And so it changes the, I guess, the priorities in my life. So like, has there, um, too, it's like you guys talk about too. Um, and I know Hayden, Hayden is another coach as well Mm -hmm. in element fitness. Um, you guys also talk about, uh, that you're working towards something that might come. So like a hardship that's ahead of you or like you're preparing yourself to be steadfast through those persevering, you know, those kind of things. So like now that you've been in this for uh, a while, Mm -hmm. like has there been times where you're just like in the total bottom pit of something and then you still continue to push through, still continue Mm -hmm. to use the workouts to, you know, is, mm-hmm. have you noticed how that's helped those times or? Yeah. Um, yes. I, I'd say the most, I guess, obvious part for me, um, in the last year. So last year, Shelly went through police, police academy to become a police officer. Right. And that was four months and which is like really intense. And, you know, Shelly came home every night It made the trip, but she was really busy. And every time she came home, she was studying and not really able to like con- contribute like on a normal level of right. what she'd been contributing before um it was great you know awesome that she was there but we wanted to support her mm-hmm. in any way that we could and you know i think the training that i did for a couple of years leading up to that moment where for four months i was going to carry the load you know like i had to and you know i i started to look at at, at that period of my life as i get to like i get to for four months See that I have not, I have not felt that. Like I want to feel that. Like I'm just gonna be honest. Mm -hmm. I get to. They're like going on a field trip last week with my kid. I thought, okay, I get to do that. That's awesome. But they're, you know, I'm not really good at being having gratitude all the time, like that. Like I'm working on that. Right. So it's cool. Oh man, let me just tell you, it wasn't like every day. I was like, yeah. Um, but it was, I, I mean, I was really excited to see what I was capable of doing okay. during that time. Okay. And yeah. so coming out of that, you look back and you think, I know, I think I've gotten soft now that she's around more. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause it was, it was like, I mean, I had it dialed. I had right. the whole night. I mean, the whole night when you get off, I was just, I'd hit the ground running, you know, there's dinners and there's practices to take kids to, and there's games to go to. And yeah, that's um, a thankfully lot. it was summer for a big chunk of it but man it was it was a lot yeah that is a lot yeah that is a lot yeah but we didn't i mean we house stayed standing oh and in the middle of it we decided to sell our house and move into a new one that's Mm -hmm. right that's not easy i know we're like yeah why not why shouldn't we do that (laughs) timing is everything (laughs) yeah Yeah. a house we've been in for 12 years and suddenly we're gonna go ahead and pack it up and move it into the new one well, well something was inspiring that like did you find something before or were you like no, oh, somebody okay. i mean we weren't planning on moving but a friend of ours just put their house up and oh it's okay a beautiful house we're like we want that okay and yeah. we decided to move yeah okay. it was crazy it was like one of those it's another burpee like it's an, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's burpee. a giant burpee it's like in the end of that four months we decided to do that so but again it's like all that training i really felt like mentally prepared me it's all mindset it's all mindset. Right. It's like holding that plank. Like, it's mindset. You just tell yourself you don't have an opinion. Like, you need to just go do this thing. And it changes the way you approach it. 
Yeah, and I fairly, you know, um, that mindset consistently throughout my days. Like, that is where I've been trying to work on, you know. Like, that is so inspiring to me, Yeah. you know. Um, in my relationship with Brian, it's like um, I do more. Like, I do uh, – oh, my cat. What's going on? <laughs> Our cat is going crazy. Um I do more like I keep everything going and, you know, mm-hmm. doing I, I'm the one that knows all the plans, knows all the grocery store, does all that background stuff. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like those moments of just like real perseverance where mm-hmm. it's like you're really just he has a way of just like plowing through. And yeah. it's 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 just like something he's born with, too, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I notice it in my daughter, too. Like she's got that that drive that's different. And I just think that's such a admirable quality like yeah. to have too. But also knowing that you can train to be that way is right. awesome. So yeah. working on that. Yeah. Working on that. <laughs> so, training. So like with your job and yeah. stuff, um, what, tell me about your job because I yeah. saw, I just was like on Facebook, I was just like, you were in Costa Rica. Yeah. 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 And I was just like, okay, what is he doing? Because that right. looks fun. I mean, that, I mean, that was fun. I, my job is uh, I oversee the retail cafes, so I um, I have like 150 people in my department, my channel, that are all either baristas or managers or ops people, okay. and we we run the retail arm of our business basically. Okay. Yeah. And um, what inspired you to get into that? Like, what is what's the drive in that? Yeah. Like, where are you? Where are you? Yeah. Um, you know, so I started, I actually trained, I went to college to be a high school teacher. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. And I, I mean, I finished and was yeah. supposed to go do that. Where'd you go? <laughs> I went to Sacramento State University. Okay. Okay. And we were, we, I grew up in California. Okay. In the Bay Area. And so I, we went out there. Shelly was based, Shelly was in the military. When did you guys meet? We met, um, gosh. How old were you? I was 19. Shelly wow. Was, Shelly was 16. Really? Yeah. At a, we met at a camp. No way. Yeah. What camp? Camp Koinonia in the Santa Cruz Mountains. And really? Shelly was a camper. Oh, were you a counselor? Uh-huh. <gasps> um, oh, my I gosh. Only, I only met her at the camp, but nothing happened. Right. <laughs> Just love it first I sight. I may have given a phone number or something. Oh, know. seriously? Um, like at the end or like in the middle? I don't know. Yeah, I, somehow we – somehow there is still today – there's, we had a barbecue, yeah. and there's a plate that has Shelly's number on it, but apparently she never gave it to me because she kept it. Yeah, almost got those digits. Almost got um, those digits. <laughs> but we, when we got back from camp, we started to, awesome. to see each other and, and date. Wow. Um, yeah. Did you have a camp name? Did I? Yeah. No. No? Okay. Because I worked so. at camps, too. I love working at camps. And, and you had a camp name? Yeah. Yeah. Boucher. Boucher? Boucher. Yeah, because um, they name you. So I worked for Pine Cove in Tyler, Texas. I don't know if you've okay. heard of it, but it's kind of like Kanakuk type. It's a well-known camp or whatever, but mm-hmm. it's intense. And so I would go there in the summers mm-hmm. um, in, in, during college and try to raise money for books and stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I had – you weren't supposed to date either, mm-hmm. and I had a couple of discrepancies as well. <laughs> <laughs> You get called to the office like you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to whatever. But like, yeah. I mean, they were so strict. It was nuts. Right, right. It was like totally unprofessional to have a relationship and like, 
you know, you're yeah. there for the kids and this and that. But I mean, come on, you're in, <laughs> you're stuck with a summer full of, there's bound to be some romance flying, but not with the kids. No, more not like with the that. kids. That's, and that's why I'm saying <laughs> oh, it funny. never happened. Right, right. It never happened. <laughs> but I was right. with middle schoolers. You were with high schoolers. So. That would have been weird. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, so that's how we met. And that's how you mm-hmm. met. Okay. So, and then um, you get together and mm-hmm. then you got, you, so you didn't decide to be a teacher after all? No. So I decided I didn't want to work with high school kids anymore. Okay. <laughs> I, just, I think I got. You just decided to birth them. Like, yeah. have a bunch. Yeah, we'll have kids. Yeah, exactly. No, I. I, st- I took a little bit of a break um, because I was playing music. So we were in, I was in bands and we were playing. Oh, really? Playing music. And so I'd, okay. I would sign up for classes for junior college and I would pass none of them or oh, drop okay. all of them or just stop going. Right. And so I ended up abandoning my whole college career at that point. Okay. And then um, when Shelly and I got married and I was 23, Shelly 20. Uh, we moved to Sacramento, and I actually started college for real at that point. Okay, and yeah. then the two of us went through, as um, you know, so I went all the way through, and went through Sac State, and then I decided, yeah, I'm just not that into high school kids anymore. I was, I think, I was 27, and decided I really enjoyed my job as a barista, which is just like a college job. Yeah. And I stayed. I was at Pete's Coffee, and I stayed, became an assistant manager, and then I moved up here to Sac to uh, Portland. And became the, the cafe manager. And then I just decided, you know what, this is, I get all of the parts of working with kids that I wanted oh, from being right, a high school yeah. teacher. But I don't, you know, it, it, but a old, little bit older kids and kids who are really thinking about what they want to do with their lives. Not high school kids who are just like, you know, doing high school kid things. Right. So, and that was really really fun for me and it's been it continues today like i mean fast forward to i'm 45 and i'm still working with baristas and managers and it's the same drive like i want i love when i get to pull alongside a a 23 year old who's like got my degree and i just have no idea what i want to do and help them find the path like if it's stay with us awesome i can i can help you i can work with you to become a manager if you want to do that or maybe it's something else you want to do and that's cool too we can develop some transferable skills and help you get there um so that part like with my new job i get to make all of those i get to set the culture and the conditions and make it so that that's what we're about you know in our retail department we're about investing in other people wow yeah so i mean you're just helping them along yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. and it's a more personal level and those kind of things. Yeah. I mean, we all love coffee, and it's really important to us, mm-hmm. but what drives all of us is not the coffee. You know, it's right. It's helping people. It's it's investing in people and helping them grow as, as humans. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, that is something you're passionate about because you both said that uh, Shelly and you mm-hmm. have coffee tattoos and whatnot, or representation. So yeah, what is that? Yeah. Like, what kind of transpired with that, like with coffee specifically? Uh, I think... We really love coffee, but I, I started my first job out of, like, first real job was yeah. with a coffee company. Yeah. Uh, back in 92. Yeah, 92. So okay. I've been in coffee since 92. Yeah, that's that really, a long time. a long time. I, what I like about coffee is, of course, the cafe environment. Is yeah. Like this. Like, right. you meet up with people, and it's a space where you can just come in and chill for a little bit. And, yeah. Or... Or you can work or whatever. Now everybody's working in our cafes, but it's, I just like that part of life. Like it's just being together and 
and hanging out. And then also, I mean, it's fun uh, to get down to Latin America every once in a while. And that's what I got to do with Costa Rica. Right, yeah. Um, what were you guys doing there exactly? Like you said, you yeah. were trying to find a bean? We, or... No, we weren't doing – We <laughs> there are people who do that for Stumptown, but I got a call like a week before that trip um, from somebody who was – or from from our HR person, he was like, you know, the person who was going to guide this trip is leaving Stumptown, oh. so would you guide the trip? And I was like, I called Shelly, and she's like, can you get an offer to go to Costa Rica? You go. So I went um, to awesome. go just guide that trip. So we send 10 people three times a year from Stumptown. So we just, it's just like a, a hosted trip to the coffee fields to go hang out with farmers, get to know them, just build connection between the people who sell the coffee like us mm -hmm. and the people that grow their coffee at source. And so spending that time is really valuable. Right. Yeah. yeah and it's a reward, you know, for totally. the baristas. I send three, so nine baristas a year, go down to Costa Rica, Guatemala. We're sending some folks to Honduras next week um, to just go down there and, and kind of celebrate their work. And that's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. That is really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's been fun. Shelly and I got to go down to Panama and hang out for a week. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it was really For fun. a job thing, but obviously. Yeah, it was <laughs> It was a job thing that we just turned into, what, three days? Absolutely. Boca del Toro. Yeah, if you're already Caribbean. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go big or go home. Really fun. So now you have five kids, mm -hmm. um, Perry seven. Um, I mean, I did uh, know Shelly for, like, I'm, and you introduced me to Shelly at one of the basketball games. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I was just like, okay, real quick, like, what what advice could you give, you know, you know, being in the stage of life that I have, where the stage of life where my kids are, mm -hmm. you know, I'm always, like, gleaning information about, like, how to make that happen and work flow and just yeah. advice and just keeping your family together. I mean, it's – I mean, that's what you're doing. I mean, mm -hmm. as, you know, that's your main deal aside from going out and, you know, that's your source yeah. or whatever. So I was just, you were, Shelly just kind of really was like, make sure your second grader does his laundry, does her laundry. You're yeah, like, you're totally. like, my kids started doing their laundry in second grade, you know? And yeah. I was just like, Oh wow. Like I am behind the yeah. times. Um, <laughs> I mean, you guys probably have, it just seems like you just like, how do you keep your family, um, like in a spiritual sense and a life sense, I mean, grounded. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got uh, one in college, right? Mm -hmm. And then you've got, you know, trinkering down, yeah. trinkering down mm -hmm. and everything like that. I mean, looking back, looking in the future, yeah. like what, it, like, what are some things, highlights of just like that you could give us just yeah. what's helped you and your marriage too, like mm -hmm. keeping that solid? Yeah. Not there's, to say that there, yeah. I know there is a lot there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I yeah, think, because you don't want to like skip over thinking, like skip over it and be like, well, actually, you know, like I know. Well, it all starts with your relationship with your spouse. Okay, let's and start I, there. Yeah, and I think that's something we've always really believed in and committed to is not letting our kids get in between us. Mm -hmm. And so there's very clear, just you know, separation between my relationship with Shelly, and it's actually the thing. I'm a pretty relaxed, Dad. It is literally the thing that gets me fired up if somebody disrespects Shelly and our mm -hmm. family and so there's like there's a clear distinction like this is our relationship um you all believe me want us to be healthy and mm -hmm. so 
you know, if we say we're going out to dinner tonight, don't gripe about that because you want, you really want this. Like we, and we really, it's easier as they're older now because they're all, they're all pretty mature to say, no, you like, you really want a healthy parents. Yeah. <laughs> right. They've the probably family. seen a little bit more too. Yeah. As far as like have, the other have. side of maybe for not. Sh- for sure. Yeah. So they want it. And so we, that's where we start and it's all, it all is based off of our relationship and then they get, they get us after that. After right. we have that. Um, but we, you know, we have two biological kids and three adopted kids. Mm-hmm. And our biological kids, um, specifically our first one, we made, um, I think, all of the mistakes um, with yeah, her. And right, so, yeah. Mia, if you're listening, sorry about that. <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing. It's I mean, a blessing. Yeah. It's a blessing. I mean, I was 25, Shelly's 22, and we're, like, trying to figure out how to Totally. Raise. Well, I was in the same boat. I mean, yeah. I, had, I was 24 or 5 when Joey yeah. was born. Jesus. I mean, you don't... You don't know what you're doing. You've never done No, it I was scared to take him home from the hospital. It was like, they're going to let us take him <laughs> home. And totally. they, Brian looks like, in their pictures that we have, it's like, he looks like a teenager. Like, he can barely <laughs> hold the carrier. Well, Joey was like 9'3 when he was born. He was Whoa. freaking huge. Big, big he was a big old kid. So yeah. it's like, we barely like, the, that feeling of putting him in the car, it's just like, we're going to drive away with this kid. Like, right, right. what do we do when we get home? So like, just go? Just, we're okay, right? Like, we can go now. Like, they want to yeah. check your car seat. They want to, you know, like, here we go. Okay. You know, I know. God. I, know. I still get worked up in my mind about it. Yeah. Just, so we immediately yeah. started making mistakes. Correct. <laughs> As we all do. Right. <laughs> But no, I mean, a big part of what I think in hindsight our mistakes were, where we, like, we coddled those guys. Like, we coddled Mia mm-hmm. like crazy. She would scream and carry on, and we would go in, and I would literally put her to sleep every night, swinging her car seat with my arm, oh, like, yeah. trying to get her to go to sleep, or driving around until totally. she fell asleep. Well, we do that, yeah, we, I, the first three, and only three, I still did that, so, yeah. You, yeah so. If I could do it again, I would just probably... Go, you know what? Cry it out. Cry it out. Yeah, you're gonna have to self, you know, soothe. Self soothe. Your, yeah, self soothe. Yeah. Uh, but we didn't. We like made all those mistakes, and so I don't know. I think, you know, unfair, right. unfair maybe for her or whatever. But Ian came along, and he, you know, we were a little better, I think, in the way that we managed some of those, the, you know, our parental relationship with him, and then. Um, you know, but we we're like really super hands on with both of them. And it was, I mean, in some ways kind of the re- world revolved around them. I mean, right. I think in, and I haven't really decided yet how good or bad that is, but you know, Ian's sports were super important. Mia was a, she's a choir person singing. So we were doing all sorts of driving around. We did decide early on and something I still stand behind is there's, there is a limit. Like I, we don't believe in club sports. We don't believe in. Um, spending millions of dollars, you know, thousands of Amen. dollars on, on sports. And so our yeah. kids all play or mm-hmm. played, but they only play the stuff that's like wreck, you know, and um, that kind of thing. So it revolved around them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, right early on, actually, when we were, I mean, very, still really young, still really young kids, Shelly and I had it on our hearts that we wanted to do something for kids that don't have parents and Mm -hmm. we always felt like god had given us this relationship that just was really easy you know like the two of us we just get along really great we like being around each other and um and it we never fought like it was just an easy thing and and we really felt like god 
placed us in this position where we could take kids on that that didn't have that, didn't have parents or didn't have parents who were healthy. Uh, so we actually signed up to do um, some foster parenting. Okay. Went through the process, met with a foster, um, with a uh, social worker. And just our kids were the wrong age. You know, like Mia was at the time like three and or four. And the social worker is like, you know, it's just you don't. We don't, oh, we also, by the way, did not want, ever want to have a baby in our house again. So um, they're like, we want to adopt, we want to foster right, yeah. seven-year-olds. And they're like, right. you just don't know what you're getting, you know? And that happens to Burner. Okay. And we went ahead with life. And then I, the kids were, what, 10 and 13, and Shelly's brought it up again. We had watched a friend of ours, a really close friend, adopt from China. And we watched the process, and we were really inspired by this whole thing and this their family bringing this child in. And so Shelly said, what if, what if we were to do that? And, you know, as immediately, this is right. I've learned so much about myself in this, but I immediately at that point was like, Oh, I don't think we want to bring in a child and our, everything's going so well. Right, and it's like yeah. this whole gripping, right? Totally. Like, yeah. I want to just keep everything tidy and why I don't want to upend it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was, so I was um, praying through it as I told Shelly I would, which is sometimes a cop out. Let me pray about it. Yeah. And then I really felt like God was like, tell me why not? Like, oh, why wow. not? Okay. And the only why not was because I was being selfish. Oh, right? that like one me. thing. Yeah. It's like I was being very selfish and <laughs> controlling. And so we decided to start the process and Joshua was home in 11 months. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was that's... like fast record time like everything lined up we got in and out of court in ethiopia and joshua's home super fast and um so it amazing amazing to to get him home and it was really cool to watch our uh, you know biological kids really bring joshua in especially ian who i was super afraid ian would be like ah i'm gonna lose my relationship with my dad right other kids in here and and of course that's all lies it was all the things i was telling myself to make me feel better about being stubborn right and you know ian immediately brought him in um joshua's you know a really really great kid he had spent three years in that orphanage though so he had some bonding issues and all that um all the things that you deal with with that but within a few months um shelly who is frequently the inspiration for decisions we make like this yeah totally. said I think we should do it again and you know I, I think I had the same response I'm like he just got home and he still hates us <laughs> like right, you want to yeah. go do it again right can we just make sure this one yeah like so <laughs> is gonna like adjusted yeah, and all that is gonna blend and mm-hmm. so we started the process um again we just we with the with this whole process you kind of just tell your social worker hey we're looking to adopt again and so we got these, we get these um, emails that have these folk, these, the, the kids that are um, ready for adoption. And we went through, I think, like two of the pictures. And it was really interesting. I always, tr- we try to stay open. Like, what, is there someone in here, you know, that's yeah. supposed to be our kid? Right. It's such a strange That is strange. Because you're like looking at all these pictures, like all these kids don't have something. Yeah. You know? Oh, gosh. Well, like, then, and then oh. we opened the link that had Analam and Bantu, and literally we're, we were only thinking one. Right. And we just looked at the picture, and we're like, those are our daughters. It's so it's oh, so crazy. I just got goosebumps. I know. Oh. And so we started the process, and that was a lot harder. I mean, it took it took a lot longer. Um, and that was, you know, almost five years ago. The girl's even with us. 
That was so, five years ago? Yeah. Joshua's been with us for seven. Mm-hmm. Okay. Six. Wow. And it's yeah. pontoon? Ba- bon- it's bontu. Bontu. B-O-N-T-U. Okay. And the other one? Analum. Analum. Okay. A-Y-N-A-L-M. Analum. That's yeah. pretty. So, like, did you guys name them? No. They came with? No. Um, crazy story. You want to know okay. the story real quick? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> so did the, I say something? <laughs> the girls okay. kept their own names. They like them. They like their names. Uh, Bontu's tried to change her name to, like, what is it? It's Mercedes or something. I don't know. Okay. Um, something not good. So, something par- not good. Pardon <laughs> if your name is Mercedes and you're listening to this. Right, right, uh, right. Joshua was named Andreas. His given name is Andreas Yield. Andreas. And okay. yeah, so we were praying about who, um, like who we would be adopting, and we didn't know at that point who was coming home. We actually started with Haiti, and we were not matched with the boy that we had put in our file for. And it was really devastating because we were kind of, we were running down that road like, this is our son. Oh, gosh. And then we didn't get paired. So we were, Shelly was, had been praying about who it would be and had this um, impression that we would adopt a boy named Joshua. And then Andreas comes across and it was the same deal. You know, when we looked at the picture, we both were like, that's my son. Like, that's him. That's who we're bringing home. That is like just for a moment there yeah. just to unpack that feeling like holy cow like yeah. just you're and i mean you're looking at a picture and you think my son like that right. attachment already just like right. that's there him. that's like, how you felt we're gonna live with this kid wow yeah is is it that's is a, really that's a neat feeling it's a neat feeling uh so but his name's andreas right, right so we're right. like well you're that's like, not even close that's andrew is the closest translation totally. in english so we bring you know andreas home and Andreas is, the, for whatever reason, Americans struggle with Ethiopian names. And Andreas, right. no one could say it. Right. And he's getting super frustrated. And what, he's like two years home? A year and a half? A year a year home? And he decides, he's speaking English now, and so he just, he's sitting with Shelly, and he's like, I want to change my name. And he, she's like, oh, okay, well, what were you thinking? You know, you would want your name to be. And he sits there for a second, and he's like, you know, I want it to be Jesus. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, of all the names, that's kind of the one you can't have. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and he said, well. It's a good one, though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, wow. Um, so, and not Jesus, because it just would look really weird on <laughs> Right, yeah, <laughs> it's different, yeah. So, we're like, okay, so, well, I mean, there are other forms of, Jesus, if you want to, Shelly's trying, knows what she'd been told in the past and just really didn't want to feed it to him. Right. But I don't know how exactly it came about, but it said, well, one of the names that is a translation to Jesus is actually Joshua. And he's like, Joshua, I want my name to be Joshua. And she's like, I never told him that before. Like had only told me, told me about it. And so he named himself the name that Shelly felt like he was, we were going to adopt. Right. Which is totally... Still, oh like, my I just gosh. got the chills. Yeah, it's I just, still, like, like really okay, I need the tissues, not you. <laughs> like, that is amazing. Yeah. Like, there's there a, a word, you know, that this is what's going to happen. Yeah, provision. And, yeah. yeah. Then my mom, my mom's like, I feel like you're going to adopt two girls named R- Ruth and Naomi or something. And we're like, <laughs> I think you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> That's not After all be. the, oh, jeez, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and Bantu are great names. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Really well. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. That is so yeah. cool. I love that. 
those confirmations and validation and all mm-hmm. that stuff, you know, just like you're on the path. And now look at, you just got it all. Well, really. they're all home. Yeah. As far as I know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Shelly shrugs. I don't know. We think we're the Perry Seven forever. We'll see. Yeah. 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 Well, I had, um, I've always kind of in the back of my mind, Brian, I've always been kind of open to it as well. So yeah. it's like, okay, well, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. I just don't ever want to close that that book I don't want to have yeah. anymore uh-huh. that's the thing is like I'm done with that you have to have a baby yeah I just <laughs> I'm donezo um how did you like like I know with some people it's just these processes like you know in our even our workout group mm-hmm. Sharon you know mm-hmm. these people just rug ripped out underneath them and all this kind of stuff like financially even yeah. like did you have did you raise funds did, how did that mm-hmm. work for you we like did. So yeah. you raise a bunch of, you know, just we raised some. You had Shelly it worked for Noonday. It's um really amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, she did that. So she raised money through Noonday. I mean, put on shows? jewelry shows, okay. and we were able to put money away there. Um, we also there's a organization that does like gifts. You know, they we so we applied for those and we got a couple of gifts. Oh good, that's nice. Um, but it is it's really expensive, and then it also, you know, there's some tax like benefit stuff Mm -hmm. but it takes forever for all of that to work out so you when you do it you really do put yourself out um and we didn't you we didn't want to be broke you know but we we knew that this was an investment you know yeah and we would just be lean for a while we were lean you know we're still we're still lean i mean those kids are wearing adult clothes oh my gosh (laughs) i know it's not cheap it's not. It's not cheap. It's not. I mean, we're not hurting, but we're like, it. We really did go through some like five or six pretty lean years. Yeah. I mean that's. I mean, I mean that a lot of people haven't been able to say that. Like it's mm-hmm. this is a sacrifice. Yeah. You know, I mean sacrifice. just. I mean, kids are sacrificed. Period. But just, I don't know. I think for me the part that I just think about, f- for people that are adopting and stuff is like the waiting, mm-hmm. of just like having your child be over there and then you being here and that heartache of just yeah. like, how did you deal with like the, yeah the waiting? I mean, yeah, there was, so there was one point with the girls where they, they closed their region to adoption. Oh. And so we, for a good six weeks thought it was off. Like the girls weren't coming home and it's heartbreaking. Like we're all the way down the road. We had already at that point, this is, I shouldn't talk about this, but we did have a friend inside working in that orphanage that we were talking with Uh and was keeping an eye on them. And like, yeah, there's just a lot that, you know, we we had already planned. And then all of a sudden rug ripped out. Yeah. It was like that. Then there's nothing you can do when the government decides that they're shutting down that area. They're shutting down that area. So we're like coming to grips with this might not happen or it might take a really long time. And an orphanage is no place for kids. So we're thinking, we, these girls are just going to be sitting in that orphanage waiting for their government to figure out how to open it back up. And then one day they just decided to open it back up. Just a random day. I and mean, what, yeah, how we do you were, find out? They just call you and say, okay, now you're good to go? Or? Yeah, we, had a, we work with a social worker in the U.S. who, yeah, called us up and was like, I can't, I can't believe what I get to tell you, but oh they opened goodness. it back up. Wow. So, then so then after that happened, on. after that happened, how long did it, it take? It went pretty fast after that. Yeah. What, four months? About four months. Wow. Yeah. 
That's amazing. It was amazing. That's yeah. such a cool story. So when you go, and, you know, after all that, you go, you just, you know, you grip those kids, you know, like you get, you get to meet them for the first time. Right. So wait, did you go mm-hmm. to the airport or did you go to the we went actual orphanage? To the orphanage. Oh, you went yeah, to the orphanage. We okay. Went, we've been the um, Addis uh, four times. Okay. So you. That's go, the name of the Addis. Well, Addis Ababa is the capital city of Ethiopia. Okay. Sele Anat is the name of the orphanage. Actually, all of our kids are from the same orphanage. Oh, that's cool. They did cool. not cross paths. Right. Um, okay. Joshua was home before they came in, but we um, would go there. So we went there, met with them. Um, Analam was really excited. Bantu wouldn't even look our way. We're like, oh, yeah, we have one kid that might like us. Yeah, <laughs> the other yeah. one, not at all. Um, well, and then, the trauma, I mean, there's just... Oh, yeah, just there's so much. So much. We, we asked them years later, like, when we ask, I still kind of talk about it sometimes, but... Yeah, of what course. What did you think? Yeah. You rolled in and you're like, oh, those are your parents. You yeah. Know? And they had, you know, they hear crazy stories about what happens to kids that they never hear from again, that, you know, they're going off to the U.S., and so they literally are just, they don't know. And they also have lack of information. So it, they weren't clear that we, when we were coming. And then they weren't clear what was happening afterwards because you go home. Like we met them and then we went home for three weeks, four weeks. Oh. Yeah, that one was a little longer because all this stuff has to happen in their court system. And then you go back to come pick them up. So when you leave, they don't really understand what's happening. If you're coming back or oh, that's... if it's off. So for four weeks, they're just in limbo. And then do they you make back you go up. back? Uh, do they make you go back to pick them up? Like, no, do they make you, like, after you meet them, do they make you come back here? Mm-hmm. Why is that? You can't stay. Yeah, You can't um, stay. They have, I don't know, we always, this is probably not very respectful to the Ethiopian government, but we always kind of felt like it was some ploy to get you to travel a couple of times. It just felt weird. But Well, I, I have heard some crazy stories with adoption in certain countries of just like that they can't even tell in the u.s what happened because they're trying to figure out like paying all this money to go you Mm -hmm. get there and then all of a sudden you can't have your kid or they there's something that you have to do to sacrifice to get that kid but no one knows what it is in the u.s it's the most craziest thing and they actually left paid all this money and left and never they had to make the decision. They had the boy in hand mm-hmm. and then decided that it was the best for him to stay. And they can't say in the U.S. what that was. Why? Because they're going to try to fix what happened over there at this oh, certain yeah. place or whatever. But isn't that nuts? Yeah. I mean, so whatever. Okay. So back That's to messy. the, yeah. yeah. So back to the, um, so you came back and then it was four weeks, whatever. And then, mm-hmm. or four, wait, yeah, four, yeah, weeks. four weeks. Yeah. And, and then you went back. back. And so mm-hmm. we, what did they say? Like what, you know, what did they, they were like, what did they say to the kids? What did they, they were like, what did they say to them or what did they say to us? To you, like they, you left, came back and you asked your, you ask your kids now, like, yeah. what were you thinking when you, they were confused. They were completely confused. They were confused. Yeah. They didn't really understand what was going on. And then, and then, you know, we get out, we, this is, it's funny to think about now, but you know, we, we bring them, we're staying in a guest house with some friends of ours that actually run a nonprofit there in okay. Addis Baba. Oh, okay. So that was really cool. Cause one of the guy, the guy that has been, Ray J is an Ethiopian national who ended up in a growing up in a camp during after the dirt the Dur- so there's a government it was overthrown and a, this communist government took over and his family was uprooted and sent to this camp um, uh, by Sudan and so mm-hmm. he then got the lucky lottery number and got moved to the United States and grew up he was a young adult in LA met a woman 
down there and then they got married moved back to ethiopia and now they run this nonprofit. oh wow so we're staying with them he's fluent in amharic so he can talk to him we don't know amharic we know like a couple words like really just get you by oh and my gosh talk so about getting by us. two I mean, words we're just like yeah exactly. we knew like maybe 10 phrases i love you yeah totally yeah and he could communicate really well and so we're asking Dereje, what are they saying right yeah, you yeah. Know? and he's like um i mean they weren't really saying very much you know they were he would try to get them to come into the room they just wanted to stay by themselves in the bedroom they had each other so that's really great yeah. But he's like, they're per- they're scared, you know, they don't really understand what's happening. And we're staying in this house that they're probably thinking, like, are, is this where we're going to live? You know, like, what are we doing? Right. But we had five days, you know, before our flights. So for five days, we're just trying to find ways to bond with them. Took them out into the courtyard of this place they have and playing volleyball, which yeah. is funny because she plays volleyball. Oh, now. wow, yeah. Yeah, and um, just trying to find ways to bond. Then we're... Um, you know, we went to one night uh, to Dubai because we were on Ooh, yeah. Emirates flight. So you know, they land and they get out. It's 120 degrees in the desert. And they're like, they're just, they look like, I have no idea what's happening. Is this home? Like, they don't right, know. You know? Right. And then the next day we flew into back to the U.S. in the worst possible flights and Oh, they're messed up who you know messed up immigration and they're just crying in the airport Shelly's crying we're all exhausted just trying to get back home <laughs> so once we got home I feel like there was a little bit of a like a sigh of relief okay we're here and then they they asked because I think that because they have each other um, and they have a little brother like they walked into the house and saw oh there's another Ethiopian kid yeah that, <laughs> that's know, that, cool that yeah is you know that is living and is doing well like he's fine Right. That this is going to be okay. You're not going to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're right. not eating them. You know, right, like, right, you know, right, right. Other rumor You're safe. Heard. You're safe. safe. Yeah, God knows what rumor. Yeah. Yeah. And then Mia, uh, you know, our oldest, was was amazing sister with them. Oh, just yeah. like brought them in and really was sweet. So it t- with them, it was a little shorter, I think, um, bonding time or like homing, getting them homed. Um, right. It was faster than with Joshua, who was probably totally confused and it's only five or six at the time right and trying to figure out who you are and i don't need parents i didn't have parents you know i because he was in there for three years half of his life was spent in there and you know it's not over like that that part's not over right (laughs) and well and then becoming a teenager and those kind of things like that intermixed with it yeah with the wanting to be independence and Mm -hmm. that kind of thing yeah i would imagine that would kind of flare up a little bit and stuff but it you know but it it sounds like with both you and Shelly that um and like with what you were saying with your the baristas Mm -hmm. and just how you're helping um those kids along is that it seems like you you take your relationship with your kid and you you do have like like authority as far as like guidance but you also kind of walk with them Mm -hmm. you know it sounds like Mm -hmm. and so it's like you're not taking it personal. You're not taking it. You're just really walking with them. Mm-hmm. And um, like you had said with, you, you know, I think I heard just in a slight conversation that we had, just you, two of your kids had switched schools and you're, you know, yeah. you've relocated and stuff. And yeah. one of them was telling you how hard it was and you were just like, well, you'll work through that, mm-hmm. you know, because this is what the plan was. It has mm-hmm. to happen. But yeah. like, I just thought that was a really good f- way to say it. Like, 
you know, like with, you know, it seems like some parents are just, they let their kids just walk all over them in some ways. Like, you know, and then you have, it's this delicate balance of them, you wanting them to know that you respect them, but also Mm -hmm. that this is the plan and this is where Mm -hmm. we have to go, like in making them see that and stuff. And so resilience is a huge, yeah, I think I learned that with the kids, with our adopted children is talk about resilient, like they lost their families and we're moved to a place, again, the orphanage, it's really not a place you want kids to be in. It's right. Rough. It's terrible. It's rough. Right. And they had to be resilient and then they come here and they have to re- be resilient. Yeah. So for us now, it's like, we actually kind of want to put our kids in positions totally. where they need to be resilient. Absolutely. And, and you have to toughen up. Mm-hmm. Like you need to just get over it and tell yourself again, like you don't have a choice right now. Like yeah. This is what's happening. This and, is the family. This is what yeah. this is what we're doing together, and right. this is what it has to be. I mean, I just think overall, kids need more of that. Mm-hmm. I, I do. Think so too. I think like like a lot. Yeah, a lot. I mean, and it's translated up. So our we have a seventeen year old who's decided that he was um, tired of high school, and so he mm-hmm. wanted to start college. So he started college, okay. and he's having to learn the same thing. His actions. He has to now deal with those. If he flunks a class, he has to go talk to his teachers and try to get this thing figured out. And we are getting out of the way more and more of like, okay, you're just going to, you're going to handle That was your behavior. And I, I think that's another thing I'm learning a lot these days is there's one person you control and it's you, mm-hmm. right? So I can control what I do and how I act. I can't actually control anybody else. I can get set some guardrails around my kids to keep them hopefully, you know, feeling safe because yeah. there's like these guardrails. But what Joshua decides to do is hip, is on him. Like he's 12, I know, but... No, but yeah, but it starts to, now. Yeah, I it mean, starts it starts... Now. He has to decide how he's going to act. And yeah, that's the running alongside them. I will run alongside you. I'll point out some pitfalls, things that I've made mistakes in, or I know people have made mistakes, and also what I've seen work really well. Like, hey, you could do that. It would work really well for you, I think. But then they have to take the steps to do it. And I think as soon as I started parenting like that, things got less intense. Okay. And I stopped holding on so tight. Do they? Do you feel like they come to you more because of that? Yeah, yeah, I think so. That's cool. I think it's, for, I think for Ian, yeah, it feels more like that. Like when I, I don't, I mean, he's only 17, he's in college, but, you know, he's still like, hey, I'm going to, this just happened today. I'm going to go to work and then I'm going to go hang out with some friends. And I still want to know, like, who are you hanging out with? Right. Yeah. And he's like, oh, this person, this person. I'm like, cool, have fun. You know, he's like, cool, thanks. I'll check in with you later. And he, you know, runs out. And I think five years ago, that would have been a different conversation. Like, I want to know exactly where you are, like all the things. But I mean, kids, especially 17, 18 year old kids, they're going to find ways to do all those things that you don't want them to do. If you grip on it, then they're not going to share any of that stuff with you. And what we found is that these kids, 17, 18, 16, are coming to us and telling us stuff about what's going on without being prompted. Right. And that is... Huge. That's what every... That's the lottery. Yeah. And you just... I mean, sometimes you're a little mouth open, like a gape, like, oh no. Yeah. You did that thing. (laughs) I've been telling you not to do since you were three. Um, But they... It's Again, it's like their call, like, especially with an adult child. Right. (laughs) Yeah. A 20-year-old. What she decides to do, she didn't decide to do, and it'll be her repercussions. I can't do anything anymore. She didn't even live with us. So it's a lot of listening. And, and, and keeping your mouth shut. Keeping your mouth shut at times and advising when it's asked for. Yeah. 
Yeah, otherwise that's... it's preachy and you know they're like ah here you go you know but right I think they, we've become more of a confidant to right. at least our twenty year olds. Totally. Yeah. That's that's that to me is the winning ticket. That's what yeah. I want. I mean that's what. Um... I felt a little bit like we broke the tape, like we <laughs> broke through the marathon tape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when she hit eighteen. Um, right. It's yeah. Really, the marathon it's been a big tape. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It is. Oh my gosh. Well, we got married and got pregnant fairly soon after, you know? And so like I went to college, we graduated, uh, got married like right away. And then Joey came like a year and a half later. Mm -hmm. So like raising kids and stuff like that, we're just like still very, you know, we're like now that Joey's at age where he can watch, like we can go out tonight, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, I mean, even just walk up down the street, you know, and have a drink or whatever. And it's just like, we feel that way. It's like, my gosh, is this really happening? Yeah, we have a no. life. Like what? <laughs> it's a really freeing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I was like, I, I literally thought the day would never come. I was just like, holy moly. This is just, yeah. you know, like, Hey Brian, I'm Tiffany. You know, like <laughs> we just are used to, we have this relationship, but just like, we always knew that when we got to this point where it'd be like, um, we're going to get to know each other in a different way, like a totally mm-hmm. different way we didn't before, but yet got through this hump. Mm-hmm. of this, yep. you know, which is a cool hump too, but yeah. For so, sure. Yeah. Every, every stage is its, it's great. Yeah. Blessings and, and you're young parents. Yeah. Technically you're yeah. really young mm-hmm. and have older kids. And so now you're going to do other yeah. things. I know we have a whole set of things. Actually this, the list is building of the things we have planned. Oh boy. <laughs> what we're going to be doing. Totally. Once the kids are all, you know, doing their own life thing, but so, yeah, it's yeah. fun. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. Mm-hmm. Well, John, I just, um, I just love talking to you. And every time I see you, I, I, I'm, I just think you're a little light that just, Thank just you. a big strong light, who is <laughs> a little light. competitive and very, yeah. But just, yeah, I feel like I've learned more about you and your family. And just thank you for coming to talk on this topic of life. It's super fun. Okay, Thank cool. You. Thank you.